Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. to continue this Sunday and I believe that God wants me to express and share with you his desire for worshipful sanctuary or rather one of his desires God has many wonderful desires for you he has wonderful plans the Word of God says that just as he planned the life of Jeremiah he planned every single life that is here today and those who are not here god has a plan god has a dream and his dream and plan for your life far supersedes your own plan your own dreams and when we yield to god our dreams our lives our desires he gives us the greater life the life in abundance amen Amen. And so today we're going to continue and I want to share with you one of God's dreams and desires for you. And that is, I believe God wants to take you, worship a sanctuary, on a journey. And hence the reason why I'm here. To help you and inspire you on this journey of faith. I believe it's a journey of embracing one of God's foundational values and principles. And that is the value or the principle of sowing and reaping. Now, God's ultimate desire, according to the Word of God, which is recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8, God's ultimate desire where our finances are concerned. You've heard Pastor Frank say that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and it adds no sorrow to it. The word rich means no lack. It means abundant supply. To do whatever God has called you to do. And to be a blessing to others. Amen. Amen? Amen. So God's ultimate desire is to bring us into a place where grace abounds toward us. In such a way that we always have all sufficiency in all things so that we can financially support Every good work within our sphere of influence. And that is recorded in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 8. Reading from the New King James Version. Listen to the word. This is God speaking to you. This applies to you wherever you are. No matter where you come from. No matter your background. No matter your educational level. No matter what kind of job you have. This applies to you. 
And if you will receive it by faith today and begin to believe these words and act upon them, you will reach a place where this very scripture you will experience in your own life. This is one of my favorite verses when it comes to financial matters. And this is what it says. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Where it says toward you, you need to put your name in there. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Isn't that a wonderful promise? To be in a place where you have such grace upon your life that in according to your word, you always have enough. You never lack. You want to do something, you want to bless someone. You don't stop to think, but I don't have enough. How can I do this? Well, God can bring you into that place where his blessing continues to flow on you and through you unto others. You always having all sufficiency, not just some, but all sufficiency. And not in just some things. The word says in all things. You have enough grace, you have enough wisdom, you have enough knowledge, you have enough anointing, you have enough power to be able to meet every single need that you come up with. Amen? Amen. Now, the way to get to such a place is through the principle of sowing and reaping. The one that we've discussed last week. God has a dream for you. And he also has a way for you to reach that dream. And the way to reach it is through the principles that I have shared with you of sowing and reaping, of giving and receiving. You see, the world has a system, a financial system. The world system is buy and sell. The world system is borrow and pay back with interest. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But there is a better way to do things. There is a better system. God's kingdom is far above the world system. And God's way is sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. And we see that in Genesis chapter 8. We're going to look at that verse again. And verse 22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, And day and night shall not cease. Well, the earth is still here, right? So these principles work today as they did in the day that God created the earth, the heavens and the earth. And we've also looked at the principle of whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. That is a fundamental universal law. You cannot plant corn and expect to reap grapes. Amen? You plant corn, you reap corn. You plant wheat, you reap wheat. You you sow forgiveness, 
you receive forgiveness. You show mercy, you receive mercy. You show kindness, you receive kindness. Whatever you sow, that is exactly what you will reap. Amen? So, one of the major adjustments we need to do in our giving is in our attitude. If your attitude is right, your seed will bear fruit. And what you plant will be multiplied and returned back to you. And you see, this is where most of us have an attitude problem in this area. And we need to adjust that attitude. What do I mean by that? If our giving and our sowing is to bear any fruit, our attitude towards giving needs to change. The ministry of giving and sowing should be one of the most cheerful and one of the most joyous practices or values that we have. We give with cheerfulness. We don't give out of obligation. We don't give out of necessity. We don't give out of a religious duty or out of guilt. Amen? As far back as I can remember, and I related to you my story last week, I have always loved to give. I don't know, it came natural to me. And I know it doesn't come natural for most people. But you see, I was poor. I was broke. Before I came to Christ, I owned a business and it went bankrupt. I owed a lot of money. There was a time I didn't have any money to pay my rent. But when I came to Christ, God began to put order in my life. And He put order in my marriage. He put order in my relationships. And one of the areas that He put order in was my finances. He taught me how to handle and steward the wealth that He's given me. Amen? And that's what I want to teach you today. So, I, I always love to give. Not only that, but I, con- I considered it to this day a privilege. To be able to give and to bless the work of God. And to be able to bless others, the ones that are within my sphere of influence. And as a believer, since 43 years ago, I have lived by these principles that I'm teaching you today. As long as I can remember. When I came to Christ, as I mentioned to you, just before my 24th birthday. But when I came to Christ, a week after I came to Christ, somebody taught me about the principle of the tithe. I didn't know what it meant. I read it in the Bible. I didn't know. I was so green. I went to my pastor. I said, I read this in the book of Malachi. He says, bring me all the tithes into the storehouse. I said, what is the tithe? He said, it's 10% of your income. I said, okay. And where do I give it? I mean, I didn't know. I said, where's the storehouse? Where do, I, where do I put it in? He said, well, the storehouse is the place where you receive spiritual nourishment and instruction. It's your local church. I said, okay. I never argued about it. I didn't know much about it, but I did it in obedience. 
And I learned about the offering. What's the offering? Well, he said the offering is over and above your 10%. I recall at that time I was earning 250 Zimbabwe dollars a month. I was working for my father-in-law. He was a very strict boss. <laughs> One day I ran short of money and I asked him to advance my salary. He sat me down and he gave me a lecture. I never asked him again for, a, for an advance. And so every month I would take an envelope, 10% of 250 was $25, put it in there, plus $5 offering, closed the envelope, went to church, month end, dropped my tithe and my offering. Never missed a tithe for 43 years. Amen. Amen. Never. Now you see what I'm teaching you, this thing doesn't work overnight. You're going to have to walk in it and consistently practice it. Day in, day out, month in, month out. You see, when these principles come into your heart, they become second nature to you. Amen? And through these principles I'm sharing with you, God is my witness. The Father began to restore me financially over a period of time, not overnight, over a period of time, and bring me to the place where I am able to sufficiently not only provide for my family, but help others also who are in need. God speaks about storehouses. You ever read that in the book of Deuteronomy? He said, I will bless your storehouses, plural, not just storehouse, storehouses. Well, what do you need the storehouses if you're not blessed? (laughs) Amen? But this is how God thinks. God is not stingy. He's El Shaddai. He's gracious. He's generous. God so loved the world that he gave. Amen? Amen. So God shows us the way to get to that place of abundant grace. But listen to this. But he leaves the decision to you and I whether we will follow his way or the world's way. God doesn't push you. God doesn't manipulate you in practicing these principles. He reveals them to you and I and waits for us by faith to practice them. If we don't, He's still going to love you. He will always love you. But there are certain things that He cannot do for you because you're limiting Him. Limiting Him by lack of trust and lack of faith. And that lack of faith shows in your actions when it comes to giving. Notice what it says in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. This is a very important verse of scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 says, Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Hallelujah. I'm going to read that verse and I want you to notice something. 
Let each one give as he purposes way. In his heart. Your heart is your spirit. This is the seat of faith and love. Not here. Not as he purposes in his mind. As he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly. Not of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Let me share with you a principle concerning the heart. For anything to work. And produce in your life. You have to put your heart in it. Why do I say that? Because your heart is what gives life and momentum to what you're doing. If your heart is not in it, it's not going to prosper. Whatever it is. You may choose a career or you may choose a job. But if your heart is not in what you're doing, it will not prosper. Because your heart is the life-giving force that gives it life, that gives momentum to what you're doing. And so it is with our sowing. That is why I say our attitude needs to change. Amen. Amen. We have to be willing, obedient. The word of God says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And some of us are obedient, but we are not willing. You see, the attitude is wrong. We give, but we give, uh, and we feel uh, sorry for what we're giving. We have to, but I wish we didn't have to give. Have you ever seen a farmer behaving this way? He rejoices when he goes planting his seed. Because what he's looking at is not the seed that he's losing, but the harvest that he's going to receive. Have you ever seen anyone going to the bank to deposit a large sum of money and he's sad? No, he's happy. He's making a deposit. And that's what happens when you and I give into the kingdom. We are making a deposit. Hallelujah. Now, so your heart has to be in it. You've got to put your heart in what you give. Not just your money, but your heart. You see, we give money to men, but we give faith to God. You see, God doesn't need money up there. There are streets full of gold. The money is needed here. So we give money to the church. We give money to men, but we have to give to God something else. We need to give Him our faith and our love. And when your heart is in it, faith is in it. When your heart is in it, love is in it. Amen? When God gave His Son for you and I, He put His heart into His Son. Amen? So believers often give, but the heart is not in it. And oftentimes we sing songs, but our heart is far from God. Jesus said to the religious leaders of His day, listen to what He said. These people draw near to me with their mouth. And honor me with their lips. But the heart. Is far from me. The heart is far from me. And we believers do the same today. Not just with our songs. But with our giving. We give out of obligation. We give out of duty. We give out of necessity. But we have to learn. To give out of faith. And out of love for the Lord. 
because we love God. We love his work. We love his people. We want to take care of God's house. And because we believe and, and we trust that God is our provider. God is our source. Not your job. Not your business. Not your boss. But God is your source. And so we got to put our heart in it. And if your heart is not in your giving, I guarantee you it will not work for you. That's why we have to change our attitude towards it. And let me say this. The measure of faith and the measure of love we have for God and His work will determine the measure of giving we do. Our giving reflects our love for God and our devotion to Him. That's why when Jesus came into the temple, guess where He sat? He didn't sit by the worship team. He sat by the money box. Why did he sit there? He was measuring the love and the devotion of people. You remember that? He sat and he watched everybody who was putting money in. And Jesus said, this, this poor widow put more than all the others did. Why? Because she put in all that she had. That revealed the love and the devotion and the trust that widow had. That widow believed that my source is God, not man. The others gave of their abundance, but she gave out of her lack. And Jesus marveled and stopped and said, did you see that widow? Did you see that woman? Why was he watching the money box? So to measure the devotion, the love. That is why I say the measure of love and faith we have for God is de is de determines the measure of giving we do. And the measure we give will be the measure we receive from God. Amen. Not as we have given, but a multiplied measure God will send back to us. Praise God. Amen. So the fact of the matter is, we determine the kind of harvest we receive, not God. God does not determine your blessing. You do. Because some people have the wrong idea. God blesses one, but he blesses the other one less. No. God is not a respecter of persons. We determine the kind of harvest, and we determine the measure of blessing or harvest we receive and not God. God can only multiply what you sow. Amen. No more than that. Yes. Amen. Amen. So, the destination of every seed is what? Every seed is destined to do what? Die. To die. Hallelujah. <laughs> seed is for dying. You've got to put it in the ground and you've got to let it die. But the purpose of every seed is what? Multiplication. Once we understand the destination and the purpose of every seed, then we are on the way to becoming blessed. Every seed must die before it produces. And for any kind of seed to release 
its potential and bring about a, har a harvest, it has to die first. Unless it dies, it cannot produce. Jesus said so in John 12, 24. 12, 24. John chapter 12, verse 24. Jesus speaking, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, what happens? It produces much grain. You see, the way of the kingdom, the way you gain something in the kingdom of God is by losing it, rather than saving it. Jesus said, if you save it, you're going to lose it. But if you lose it for me and the gospel, you will find it again. Not the same way. Far better way. Amen. Jesus said in Luke 17, 33, Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will do what? Will preserve it. The same principle applies to our finances. Exactly. Because it's a law. It's a universal law. And it's the law of the kingdom. It's the way God operates his kingdom. And you and I are citizens of that kingdom. And we have to learn how to operate the way God operates in his kingdom. Amen. So the same principle applies to our finances. Before we gain, we have to lose. And before we reap, what do we need to do? So, You see, the farmer knows this very well. If you're a farmer, you will understand this principle. He knows that before he receives a harvest, he's going to have to sow a seed. You know, this is so simple, even a little child can understand it. Yet so many believers fail to see this through. They have some seed. You see, God gives seed to the sower. If you don't have seed, that, that means that God doesn't see you as a sower. Because He only gives seed to those who sow. If you don't have seed to sow, that means God does not trust you to sow. Simple. He says, he gives seed to the sower and he gives bread to eat. Some of you eat the bread and the seed. And you have nothing to sow. You know, it's true. <laughs> it's true what I'm saying. To you, and you know it's true. Amen. So, you know, believers... They have a financial need. So they start praying and quoting scriptures. They expect to receive a blessing and to reap a harvest. But they have not sown anything. That is not possible. Amen. They expect to reap where they have not sown. And they expect a bountiful harvest when they have only sown sparingly. Remember the verses we read last week. He who sows sparingly will do what? Will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Amen? Amen? So the kind of harvest we receive is always determined by the kind of sowing we do. And Paul says that the heart is the one who determines and regulates the kind of sowing we do. And the reason being is because your heart is the seat of faith and love. <laughs> Romans 10 says, with the heart man believes. And with the mouth confession 
is made. So the abundant grace Paul is speaking about is in the area of finances. It is found in the abundance, listen to this, of knowledge. Abundance of grace follows abundance of knowledge. You read 2 Peter chapter 1 says, Peace and grace be multiplied to you. How? Through knowledge. Doesn't say grace and peace is multiplied through prayer. It says through knowledge. Prayer will not multiply grace. Knowledge will. So what I'm giving you today is worth much more than money. I'm giving you knowledge. I'm giving you wisdom and spiritual understanding. Because these are the most valuable commodities in the universe. The Bible says wisdom is better than riches. Understanding is better than fine gold. And that's why God said, I'm going to give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Not hype and emotionalism, but knowledge and understanding. Good shepherds are those who teach the people well the whole counsel of God. Amen. So abundance of grace so that you may have an abundance in all things comes through the abundance of knowledge. And knowledge comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let me give you a secret here. One that not many believers know. The first place you go to before you sow is the word of God concerning the subject we're teaching on. Don't be too quick to sow unless you go to the word first and study the subject thoroughly. You've got to get that word in your heart. If it's not in your heart, it's not going to work. Are you listening to me? You've got to meditate on these principles that I'm sharing with you. And stay with them until faith rises in your heart. The more you meditate, the more the faith rises. The more you take the word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When faith rises, it's time to act. It's time to sow. It's time to give. You give money to men, you give faith to God. You see, some have stepped prematurely into this practice. That they heard somebody, he gave his car away, and God gave him a better car. So because somebody did it, they think, let me do it myself also. I'm going to give my car. And they gave the cars away, and they walked for many, many days. <laughs> Why? You don't do something because somebody else did it. You do something because you believe God. And this is the word of God. And you trust that word with your life. And you step out in faith. And you sow because you believe. That what you sow will come back to you. A hundredfold. Thirty, sixty, a hundredfold in return. You sow money to man. But you sow faith 
to God. And faith comes through knowledge. And knowledge comes through hearing. And hearing by the word of God. You see, I found this out because I had a problem. I had a question that I didn't know the answer. And my question was, why is it that some people's giving works and some people's giving doesn't work? I knew my sewing worked, but I could see other people. And I know they were giving and it didn't work for them. So this was a major, major problem for me. You see, there's nothing wrong with the Word of God. God's Word always works when we work with it. You don't work with it, it will not work for you. So I put this question to the Lord and it bothered me. And one morning, I was meditating on the Word and my thoughts turned to my teaching that I was going to give to our church at that time concerning the principle and the power of the seed. So I'm meditating. And as I meditated, the Holy Spirit broke through and everything became so clear. I got the answer to my question. And the answer was hidden in one of the verses of Scripture from the book of Proverbs. And I will share it with you. Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. Listen carefully. Through wisdom a house is built. And by understanding it is established. By knowledge, underline that word, by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And I saw it. Knowledge. What was highlighted to my spirit was the word knowledge. Not just natural knowledge, but revelation knowledge. By knowledge, your storehouses, your bank accounts (laughs) will be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Not by striving, not by sweating, not by scheming, not by stealing. (laughs) By knowledge. Knowledge. knowledge shout it out knowledge. get knowledge yes. revelation knowledge that's what's going to fill your storerooms your bank accounts with all precious and pleasant riches and I saw why my giving worked for me it was because it was accompanied by revelation knowledge which produced the kind of faith I needed for this principle to work. You see, nothing works in the kingdom without faith. I was reminded of another verse of scripture from the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Listen to what God says. My people are destroyed for a lack of of knowledge. Ignorance is your worst enemy. The devil will take advantage of what you do not know and use it against you and destroy you. 
And God cannot protect you if you reject knowledge. Listen to what he says. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being a priest for me. And let me say this, my brother, my sister. With all the love I have in my heart for you, the only reason we are being destroyed in our finances or in any other area of our life is because we lack the necessary knowledge and the skill that it takes to prosper. You see, there is also a skill involved in this. And skill is something you learn by continually practicing the principle. You become skilled in that area. You become skilled in the area of giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. And you operate your life on those principles. My wife and I have lived by these principles for many years. We don't have debts. We don't borrow money to do things that we want to do. We sow a seed and we receive a harvest. We give a seed and we receive a harvest. And we live not by our income, because it's not enough, but we live by our harvests. Hello? You can do the same. If you will take to heart what I'm sharing with you. That is why I say to you, God brought me here today to take you on a journey. Now you can come on that journey with me or you can stay where you are. And God will still love you and he will do his best to bless you as much as he can. Amen? Amen. So, we need the knowledge. You know, when I first heard about the tithe and the offering, as I mentioned to you, I didn't argue with it. A lot of believers argue, especially nowadays, when they think, you know, I have so many things that I need to pay for. I don't, I don't have. I don't have enough to tithe. I can't afford to tithe. Well, let me tell you something. You cannot not afford to tithe. Because if you not tithing and practicing these principles, you cannot prosper. You will not prosper. And that is a guarantee from the Word of God. When I heard of the tithe and the offering, immediately I put it into practice. And as I've shared with you, in all of these years, I've taught my children how to do that from a young age. When I first was taught about the principle of first fruits, Pastor Frank knows what I'm talking about. I acted upon that teaching out of sheer obedience. I obeyed. But you know what? I did not stay there. I did not camp on another man's revelation. What did I do? And this is where most people stay all their lives. They never go deeper into the teaching they heard. They fail to study the word for themselves. They live on another man's revelation. What I'm sharing with you now, I'm giving you a seed and I am helping you to see, but you cannot stay there. 
You're going to have to go a step deeper and study the word for yourself. Study the principles for yourself until they become real to you. Amen. Amen. Don't, don't camp on somebody else's revelation. Get your own revelation. And don't be lazy to study the word of God. Laziness is not of God. Time spent in the Word of God is never a waste of time. Jesus said one thing is needed. Not many, just one. And that is the Word of the living God. You've got to take that Word and you've got to eat it. And digest it. And meditate on it. Until that Word becomes part of you. And the Word became flesh. It must become flesh to you. That's how you hear God. And you see, most believers, they're lazy. They're distracted with too many things. When we should devote our primary attention to the Word. They fail to study the Word on the subject. And they fail to renew their minds with the Word. You see, I spent hours in this Word searching the Scriptures. Like the Bereans did. The Bereans did not camp on the Apostle Paul's revelation. The Bible says they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether Paul was teaching them the truth. Amen? Amen. So I researched. I diligently studied the subject. And renewed my mind. And my heart was filled with knowledge. Knowledge produced the kind of faith which was needed not only to give, but you need faith also to receive the harvest. And scripture after scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, I build the word on finances into my heart. And it worked for me. And it will work for you. Jesus said in Mark 4, 8, But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60 and some 100-fold. And the Lord showed me the reason why it did not work for others because their giving, listen to me, was not accompanied by revelation knowledge which in turn produces faith. They did not take the time that was required to prepare the hearts. You see, our hearts need preparation. Amen? Amen. We plant seed in the ground. We plant seed. We plant money into the kingdom. But we got to plant the word into our hearts. And the best, the best way to prepare your heart is through prayer and the word of God. Amen? You see, in the natural... Listen to me. No farmer goes out to sow seed on an uncultivated and unprepared field. Does he do that? No. What does he do before he plants the seed? He prepares the ground. He spends days plowing and cultivating before planting. And why, why do you think is it any different when it comes to spiritual things? It's the same thing. Yes. Just like the farmer cultivates, plows, 
clears the, the weeds and then plants the seed. Even so, we need to do that with our hearts. Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? Amen. Time invested in the word and in fellowship with God is never a waste of time. And we need to understand that. If you want your seed to bring forth a harvest, this is not something that you neglect. You need to take it to heart. Without the word, there's no knowledge. Without knowledge, there's no faith. And without faith, nothing works in the kingdom. It's just as simple as that. If you need a financial harvest, you will have to plant a financial seed. Not only sowing money into the work of God, but you also got to sow the incorruptible seed of the word of God into your heart. And I trust I made myself clear. And then that morning, when I saw all of these things the Lord showed me, He said to me, Son, if they do what you did and put the hours of study and meditation in their giving like you did, arm themselves with knowledge, it will work for them just as it worked for you. And then the Spirit concluded saying, I am no respecter of persons. The Word will work for anyone who will put it to work and exercise their faith in it. And so today, God wants us all to become more conscious of being seed-minded rather than need-minded. You have a need. The first thing that should come into your mind is, what kind of seed do I need to sow here in order to meet this need? And I've done that for myself. I've done it for others as well, friends of mine. And it worked. Our job is not our source. God is. Amen. Your boss is not your source. Your business is not your source. He, Amen. according to His riches in glory, Amen. He will meet all of your needs. Amen. Not according to your business, not according to your boss, not according to your work. He said, according to my riches in glory. You, you see, you've got to tap into His riches in glory. But if you focus on your job, then you're limiting God. If you focused on your work and your boss and your business, you're limiting God. God has many ways to provide for you. Amen. And I'll tell you one thing. The reason you have a job is to obtain some seed. That's why you got a job. Why? So that you have something to give. That's why God gave you a job, to provide seed. You don't work to make a living. We need to think this way. You work to make a giving. So if you're not happy with your income, you got to check your sowing. Now, you don't believe me? Let me prove it to you from the scriptures. Ephesians 4, 28. 
If I want, yes. Let, put it up there. Can you, you got it. Ephesians 4.28. I want to wait until it's on the board so we can read it together. Ephesians 4.28 from the New King James. This is a very, very um, revealing scripture. Based on what I say to you, you don't work to make a living, you work to make a giving. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good for what purpose? That he may have something to give. That's why you got a job. So you can get some seed. Now don't eat your seed, please. <laughs> seed is for sowing. Bread is for eating. You work with your hands what is good, so that you may have something to give. And as long as you have seed to sow, you never have to go without. Ever. Learning to live by these principles is a skill. And it takes time and effort to develop that skill and to grow in it. And this is one of the wonderful and valuable lessons that I've learned from the Word of God. I've learned through the years that when I have a need, I sow a seed. And then I keep watering that seed. Why? Because I put my heart in it and I water it. How? With my words of praise and my words of thanksgiving. And sometimes the harvest comes quick. But most times the harvest comes later. Much later. Much later. You see, from the time you plant your seed until the time you receive the harvest, an element of time passes. Jesus said the farmer goes out, he puts the seed in the ground, and what does he do? He goes to bed and he sleeps and he rises again, and the seed of itself grows. He doesn't know how. You don't have to find out how this works. All you need to know is that it works. When I get into the aeroplane and fly for miles and miles, I don't know how that thing works. But I know it works. I don't have to understand all the laws of aerodynamics for me to fly. I just know that it flies. Amen? It works. Amen? So no matter how long it takes... From the time you sow the seed until the time you receive your harvest, you keep thanking God and water it. Water it with your praise. Water it with your thanksgiving. Water it with your faith and say, Father, I've received my harvest. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. It's coming. And I'm on the lookout for it. Amen? And when it arrives, you put in the sickle and you harvest. And then... Out of that harvest, you take a portion, you put it aside, and you plant again, and the same cycle goes. You see, this is how I do my finances. I have different pockets. 
I have a pocket for my tithe. I have a pocket for my first fruit. I have a pocket for the poor. I have a pocket for offerings. So I distribute accordingly. And then I go through the same cycle again. You don't get there overnight. But I pray that you will get at some time. All right, let's stand. Let's pray. If you have prepared your seed, I said last week, pray and prepare. Then you come, but when you come and put your seed in there, put your heart in there too. And next week we're going to, put, we're going to talk about more of this. The covenant relationship that exists between the house of God, the shepherd of God, and the people of God. And we're going to look at examples from the Apostle Paul. So prepare your hearts. Take the scriptures. Study them. Read them over and over again. Get the word into your heart. And when you come to give, don't just give out of religious habits. Some people, uh, you, you know, I'm amazed. The offering plate passes around and then they, they scramble around to find something to give. No, you should prepare it long before. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for knowledge. And thank you for your precious word. Your word is all we need, Lord. And thank you for teaching us your word this morning. And I believe and decree, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that your word that has gone forth out of my lips today will not return unto you void. But it will accomplish that which you please and it will prosper in the thing which you sent it. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.